0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Phenomena NDE. Today we're going to be talking about abductions and the reproduction that some of our female friends and you just don't know who they are that can be being abducted and being a seed to um, the our neighbors, our alien neighbors. And with me, I have Geraldine. O Roscoe, I think that's how you say your last name, Geraldine. Is that a correct? Yeah, that's right. You got it. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I'm usually yeah. a little clumsy on that. But anyway, but thank you so much, Geraldine, for coming on the show. And I'm looking to hear what you have to say. So, thank um, so, so let's start off with, you know, let's do a little introduction of who you are and, uh, and how you got your, you know, what happened to you, how you get your first abduction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here, Cathy. Um, and I am really pleased to hear that you are opening this field to this topic, because I know it's quite controversial and, and mm-hmm. new and different, um, but definitely one that we should be talking about, just because the number of peoples that, that are having these experiences. So I think that's really wonderful. Um, Personally, my experiences began at a very early age, at the age of five, Um, and I have had these vivid what we call marker memories several times throughout my life. And these are memories that were so impactful, not necessarily significant events, but incredibly impactful enough where I couldn't shake the memory throughout different parts of my life. And so. At at first, I didn't understand that these marker memories were necessarily connected with ET contact or interdimensional contact. They were just bright lights in the room, and then missing time, or bright lights in the room, and then maybe falling ill the next day, or these very powerful dreams and uh, dreamlike experiences that seemed like real life, and then physical side effects. So this is kind of several of these events occurred throughout my life. But it wasn't until 2013 that I had a conscious contact experience where I was taken out of my bedroom window on board a craft, completely conscious, awake, in the physical. Um, and this experience really changed my life because I had an experience to to feel firsthand what it was like to come on board a craft and to interact with these beings, to experience telepathy. And I was introduced to my hybrid children on board that craft, as well as given all kinds of information Mm -hmm. about myself and things that I was supposed to be doing. So this, this changed my life in such a profound way that as a result of that experience, I was activated with psychic abilities I returned a few hours after that, and I just had all these activated abilities to see the multidimensional body, to feel people's body, medical intuitiveness, and uh, clairvoyance. All all the clairs, uh, you know, were activated, and I wasn't sure how to deal with that ability until much later. Mm -hmm. And for about five years after that experience, I kind of I didn't discuss the topic because it was so shocking. I didn't know who to talk about it to. And in 2017, I had a hypnotherapy in order to discover by the suggestion of a MUFON um, director here in the Bay Area. And I began to uncover a lifelong history of this contact experience and everything kind of started to make sense. Um, So, as a result of that, I became a clinical hypnotherapist in order to research hypnotherapy, you know, uh, try to understand different states of our mind, and when we come into these experiences, my biggest question was to try to understand, are we experiencing a collective, you know, psychosis, or are we truly experiencing this kind of interdimensional contact? And after the past several years, working one-on-one with contactees, uh, learning, you know, the very profound depth of this topic and the many different sides of it, which are very impactful to people's lives.
0: Which well, uh, are, let's uh, go back to your first, um, when you were to walk on the ship and how old were you? And then also to when did you start becoming, you know, um, a carrier or, you know what I mean, planted seeds in you that, you know, you were pregnant and, you know, had these children. Explain the first time that this has happened to you.
1: So the very first time that it happened to me was at the age of 16 when I had the first insemination and I I lived in South America in Bolivia. I was going to school there for two years to an all-girls Catholic school and I was teaching English in the evening time and on my way back home um, I was looking down at the cobblestone floor underneath me. And next thing I know, it goes completely black, and I have missing time. Mm -hmm. And um, the next thing I find myself in my bed, and it's probably around three in the morning. And I begin to feel this intense arousal in the body for the very first time in my entire life, because I had not been sexually active. I was very, very in a way, kind of sheltered and very innocent, so I didn't quite understand what sex was about yet at all. Um, you know, so when I began to feel that the experience that happened directly before that, during that missing time, was being taken on board a craft with these beings that were inseminating in my body, um, etheric implants, as well as inseminating mechanically. Um, into the into an egg, uh, one of these, um, you know, just genetic genetically modified uh, substance. And from there, I became pregnant for the first time. And of course, at that age, you know, because I was not sexually active, I didn't understand what was happening to me. But my period was late. And um, then a few weeks later, I, I, I was sick. I and I my doctor um, who was my uncle thought that it was just a flu, uh, tried to give me some antibiotics and I immediately had allergic reactions to them unlike I ever had before. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like my entire body kind of changed and I wasn't able to sustain, to support or tolerate any kinds of medication from that point forward. I wasn't able to take anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then I had what would what would seem like a miscarriage but there was no fetus left behind Mm -hmm. and at that age you know when i went to the doctor i had a, a what is it called, uh, you know, where they, they check your, your uterus. They they looked within, they did several examinations to figure out what was going on. And they found that I had some cysts and some markings within the uterus that seemed like somebody that had several um, abortions already or had already been pregnant or mature, like a more mature uterus that, at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where, you know, we didn't understand what was happening still you know we didn't we didn't link the two but the connection was with these beings so that was the very first time Mm um and then later on you know uh several years later in the in my 20s now in my early 20s i had another experience same way becoming pregnant not partnered uh at the time and again i had this incredible i, I was fainting several times i had, I had to get called a pair of paramedics when i was at the store and i went to the doctor the doctor said that i had some strange amoeba that they were not able to identify now right before this illness began i had this incredible dream it was a vivid realer than real life dream mm-hmm. that this gray being approached me and injected my arm and into my mouth, this kind of tubing with blue substance that entered into the body. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt kind of like a like a body glove internally. And then they, they continued with an insemination. Mm-hmm. And this body glove within the uterus, within the body, I don't know if it changed my blood or or how, but it was intravenous, Um, it created some kind of an internal environment in order for me to support this kind of a a fetus that was implanted in my body. Mm -hmm. So I think without that, I would probably reject what was going in the body and I still had a very strong physical reaction because I became ill. Uh, what the doctors identified as an amoeba uh you know they couldn't think of what else would be causing those kinds of symptoms and and side effects and they couldn't identify what kind but then uh two weeks after that i had a dream where they came and they took the fetus And the next day I woke up and I was absolutely 100% back to normal. I went to the doctor, I got checked up. We had been in and out of the hospital with all kinds of reactions and issues for the past two weeks, almost every day. And when I went to the doctor, the doctor said, well, there's nothing here. It looks like it's all gone. We don't know how. We don't know what happened. Um, but you're, you seem to be fine. And it was it was very traumatizing because you know, a few days before, they were telling me that if I didn't have a solution. I would probably die within three months mm-hmm. because of my physical state. And then three later, to be told that you're 100% fine. You know, so that it was it was very shocking. And of course, you can't tell the doctor that you've had these kinds of dreams or that they would even matter in in that case you know well Um, you were
0: young and you probably thought no one's ever gonna believe me
1: (laughs) right exactly yeah you don't think that they even play a role in in reality or they don't affect your physical Mm -hmm. and this is exactly when this topic started to become very interesting because you know later on you know after all this happened i began to connect with other women that had the exact same experiences they would have these incredible Pregnancies and and dreams mixed with dreams and side effects and um, then not have a fetus left, you know Mm -hmm. Uh, So 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 this was the hybridization program and and it went on for several several occasions Um, And what I discovered is that I have had 24 hybrid children in four different hybridization programs um some of which are terrestrial and managed by the government and the others that are managed by uh different kinds of of species with specific agendas Mm -hmm. so um have you seen your
0: first have you seen your first child because you were what 16 have you
1: seen your first child um you know uh that is a, a tricky question because the way that these children are developed and gestated in the womb are some of these are zygotes are removed Um, sometimes the gestation process is sped up sometimes it's slowed down and the gestation process is continued usually in artificial womb-like tanks and if i can just describe to you uh, being on board a hybridization craft i'm talking about walls and walls of wall to ceiling um, tanks hybridization tanks we're not talking about just a few hundreds of thousands of them so some of these that are you know genetically modified they are continued to gestate not all of them are born not all of them are you know, taken out into the full gestation process. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of these, so the time, the timeline, in other words, my my point with that is that the timeline of when these children are come to be really vary depending on the agenda and the purpose of their creation. Mm -hmm. So in 2013, when I met my hybrid children on board the craft, I met out of eight of them that were part of this specific craft group um four of them were presented to me i actually met them and interacted with them and they were a combination of gray like humanoids and also reptilian type humanoids very very strange beings they were beautiful but you know absolutely shocking for us you know um and so these beings are so advanced and some of them are going to be one of them was 26 years old and he was a reptilian mix the other three were smaller children probably around the age of like six to eight years old and they were um, some of them are not meant to grow up they're meant to stay as children mm-hmm. um, and this just goes really deep into the whole topic of the soul and why they're created, um, you know, which is a complex topic. We can talk about that in just a minute, but um, yeah. And um, talk to
0: me, tell me about the, um, how they were taking the child from you. You said it was through a tube, like a suction tube, and they, (laughs)
1: you know, explain that a little bit. So the, so the process of the hybridization is like this. There's implantation, which usually starts at the age of five. And we're talking about bio uh, etheric uh, technology that is implanted within the body. So they utilize your DNA to create technology that is then implanted in your body, such as implants. And usually they monitor the body until the body is ready. Or whatever uh, needs to be happening in the the future. Mm -hmm. So then after the implantation is the insemination. The insemination can either be organic, mechanical, or in a Petri dish. So they just take your DNA and they create, you know, uh, some kind of genetically modified organisms outside of your body. Sometimes those are reinserted in the body. Other times those are just taken into Uh, artificial incubation tanks Mm -hmm. now the third part of the process is the extraction so when when you are carrying and gestating the fetus in the body after a certain amount of time usually it doesn't go longer than three months that the child is then removed from the body the or the fetus Um, sometimes it's extracted through the belly button and other times it's taken out through you know um, the canal Mm -hmm. So the kind of technology that is being utilized, I mean, I just remember laying on a flat, very, very clinical, minimalistic space, kind of of dark in some cases, with strange, very organic lights, lights that they look like they are alive and sentient. And these technologies that descend from the ceiling, that also seem organic, attached to the body. Um, And pull from the belly button, the little zygote or or the fetus out of the body. There's, there isn't much, uh, you know, blood at all or anything left. It's a very clean process, incredibly advanced technology. Um, and if there are any little markings left behind you know they're very small and usually they turn into absolutely healed scars, so you will wake up with healed scars you're not going to wake up with like staples or, or anything undone it's just completely sped up process. So, um, yeah, so it's it's an interesting process. So after that is the final part, which is the presentation, which usually happens at a later time, sometimes years later, like in my case, where the children are presented to the person. Now, I want to be very clear. We're only talking about the female right now, but this also occurs towards to the men the men are also experiencing this they have their um, semen extracted and utilized also Mm -hmm. and their experiences are slightly different but they also uh, have a presentation as well they're presented to the children and presentation scenarios are very interesting they are very meticulously designed and calculated in that a lot of times They utilize people that you know to introduce you to the children. Sometimes they screen image family members. Uh, Sometimes you will have dreams of, you know, a family member and then a child, a random child. You think it's random, but it's actually your child that is being introduced to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other times, uh, you know, you have these, you know, incredible scenarios. Like in my case, where I was literally taken on board a craft, most people won't remember that part because the shock, because you're literally entering into another dimensional plane, and usually the body isn't sustaining that vibrational frequency in order to be able to experience that consciously, you know. So usually people will lose consciousness before they enter into these spaces. And that occurs for two reasons. Number one, because of the vibrational frequency, but also because of the kind of implantation that is inside the body. There's certain technology that will disconnect the awareness from the body and they won't remember anything that happened, you know.
0: Interesting, interesting. But you also mentioned too that you, when you were there, you know, you got a chance to, to walk around a little bit and you saw like a glass where there was other children.
1: Were uh, yes. Yes at the age at the age of eight, I was taken on board a hybridization craft, oh. and I was a child, and I remember vividly seeing the children crowded in to my left so imagine imagine a craft that looks kind of like a honeycomb, and we are probably on the maybe sixth or seventh layer uh, floor of that honeycomb craft. And it's a very wide floor that's like sectioned off by these giant glass uh, partitions Mm -hmm. and to the left are a lot of children sitting and they are kind of in this very strange hypnotic state. And you can see a kind of a blue light covering them. And the blue light seems to keep them hypnotized. All of them are sitting, looking, facing in different directions. None of them are necessarily looking at each other, but they all seem to be very engaged and entertained with something. It's almost as if they're looking at something or maybe they're like visualizing something uh, or made to feel or imagine that they're in some kind of entertaining place. Mm -hmm. But they're not consciously there. And there's also a couple there was um, some kind of strange being woman Mm -hmm. that was breastfeeding a child and her skin was a tint of blue very okay. strange and to the right there's just gigantic wall partition of glass and beyond that there's this mechanical arm that was lifting the children and implanting them in the very back of their body with an implantation and then piling them up as they're unconscious on a corner um, so it was very you know a bit shocking to see that of course um but you know this is hybridization program some of these children were human and some of them were a mixture so what i what i the conclusion that i come to not just on my own but after research and understanding this topic in depth is that i mean we were participating in this hybridization program since the beginning of time since the conception of life on this planet if we look at the design, defined conception of mary magdalene and many other women through history that have told their story of being mixed and combined with gods or beings that descend from, from the sky, you know, they have these same similar stories of bringing a child to life. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because these children are a combination. They're not just human. And I believe that we also contain that kind of cocktail of DNA within us. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And uh that's quite interesting you saw this at, at the age of eight and yeah. uh did anybody explain anything to you did any of the you know the aliens or the beings have they explained anything to you what was going on um, you know
1: 2013 when i was taken on board the craft i was very very conscious at that time because i had been really meditating for many many hours for several months. And I think the, the the result of that meditation work allowed for me to be very conscious in that experience. Okay. So in, yeah, in 2013, when I had that experience and I was taken on board the craft, I was told so much information. I was shown alien language. I was shown these strange numerical symbols. Um, And I and I found new ways of being able to perceive this information just by looking at the at the symbols desperately trying to, you know, understand what they were, I began to get telepathic images in my mind and the way that they communicate is in universes, you know, they have a very complex way of, of communicating and seeing so. Um, In that communication, I was told a lot of information about our human race, I was told about the origins of DNA, how DNA is holographic, how we store information in our bodies, and I was also shown the matrix, I was shown myself in another dimension, um, existing in the Pleiades on the planet Maya. You know, I was shown information about how we live in, in a simulation type of hologram uh, reality type of experience that we're in. Mm-hmm. And I was shown how that functions. So I was given a lot of information during that experience. And it was information that shattered my reality and took me to kind of a different way of, of living. I mean, I, I literally left my career to dedicate myself to doing this work as a result of all of this.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that was at the age of fifteen.
1: This is this is already the most recent Oh. in two thousand thirteen. Okay,
0: okay? two thousand thirteen, yeah. and um, this is fascinating. And we educated. You must have been a bright little, a little spirit there to be in indulge in Dodge and some so many interesting you know abductions and to be educated so were the aliens really nice to you and uh you you mentioned to me there were a couple different types of them as well yes
1: well you know it's it's interesting because um i think because of our perception of, of these kind of unknown experiences that we're all kind of just new to you know, many of these experiences can seem very traumatizing, because of course, you know, we're being taken on board these crafts, and we have these incredible experiences, and there's, you know, procedures being done on the body, so it can be very, very traumatizing. But what I have discovered is that not all of these kind of agendas and groups are necessarily out to harm. I think that they are carrying out agendas of um, I guess you can say the sustainability of of a very specific way of looking at our role as humans in this collective. Mm-hmm. So that being said, um, you know, some of these are very, very dark beings. Dark meaning that they are the inversion of everything that is divine, that everything is pure. It's, it's an inversion of nature. Mm-hmm. And their focus is... To thrive off the inversion of that in fact the fragmentation of the human is beneficial to them, because they are able to kind of they, they live off of that negative life force that is created from these negative experiences and we've seen that throughout our history on earth a human history through many dark. Agendas and, and systems that have really caused a lot of terror and disharmony on Earth. You know we those are the same intentions that these beings are kind of playing out and if you look into the terrestrial programs of the hybridization program there's government that is very deeply deeply involved in these programs and the interest is all the same it is your dna because the dna is the holographic storage system of the soul the soul which is that infinite consciousness mm-hmm. and The DNA allows you, it functions like this multi-level vortex portal to any potential dimension that is connected to genetic lineages that are embedded in your code. So if if you are having experiences with grays, with reptilians, it means that you have that embedded in your genetic code. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something that's, you know, it's very hard for people to understand, but it, it functions from the inside out. We somehow make agreements to have these experiences prior to coming into this incarnation, because these are agreements done on other dimensional levels. So let me just quickly talk about the terrestrial program because um, these government programs are just as interested in this genetic information because they know that it is the blueprint of the human uh, source code in other words or for creation so it is utilized to create clones and that's their primary focus is creating clones with your genetic information and uh, in the future it'll be utilized in a lot of artificial uh, technology Mm -hmm. but they utilize this genetic information to also create other kind of hybridization programs and usually it's the fragmentation of the human soul anytime that we experience trauma we become fragmented anytime that we also have children we also are becoming fragmented in some way
0: i have a question to ask you You mentioned something that popped into my mind. Um, They're trying to um, code us. What is it called? What did you say? Um, Copycat us or something like that. Would we, yeah, would Uh we, do we have anything from them as well? I mean, they're taking from us, but, you know, do you think that we have anything
1: from them? You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mentioned, we have their genetic information. I mean, we're one, we're not separate. And that's something that's very hard for a lot of people to understand. How do, How do the laws of free will play a role here? Or at what point can we choose or not choose to participate in these programs? Well, we are experiencing that because it's in our genetic code. What does that mean? Since the beginning of inception of life on this planet Earth, In this one timeline that we're familiar, where we have our historical record, um, you know, of how evolution came to play in this dimension, we know that, you know, somehow life was seeded at some point in history and from there came all the human race. The human race are descendants of these original bloodlines and we see that i mean we have that in historically we, we can marker that by tracing dna mitochondrial dna that takes us back to the root mitochondria mm-hmm. and so within this mitochondria there is genetic modification of bloodlines that has happened terrestrially here historically If we follow um, many of our bloodlines, we're gonna find that you and I perhaps were, uh, not perhaps, you know, we are, um, we have a a relative in common just 2000 years ago. If you keep going back, you're gonna find all of us have relatives. We're all one giant, big genetic family here Mm -hmm. on this planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with our interdimensional aspects. All of these ET races, are embedded and encoded within our genetic blueprint and they will they dictate the kind of experiences the tools the abilities to travel in astral planes that we have access to Mm
0: -hmm. you know um since a lot of things have come open with the government especially in 2018 as well as even this year in may we were talking about that earlier where Mm -hmm. the congress and the you know the UFO people who finally got together after 50 years that was in May and uh and really coming forward with a lot of information and the blue book you know on and on and on I mean I know I've heard somebody say on I was watching something on um Netflix and they were saying we don't need to worry about the UFOs we need to be worried about the abductions being abducted how do you feel about that
1: exactly i and in a way in a way i i strongly agree but also i also i i like to push the boundaries to look at an even broader view than that
0: well that and, let's stop for a second remember that show yeah. called the ex um ordinary the seeding the seeds you know the seeds the, the one that i saw you on um,
1: Extraordinary, Extraordinary the Seating. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, Extraordinary. Yeah. Yes, and there was a woman on there, she was saying, I'm mad. They they took something from me. They got me pregnant and they took my child. They're, they're using me as a rat, you know, and I don't like it. You know, yeah. I want permission to do this. And uh, I can see, I would be mad if this happened to me, I would be mad. Because I want permission, you know what I mean. I don't want to. You were young. You were a little girl. You were, you know, they. There's something about you that they really liked, and you're very pretty. And I could see them making hybrids out of you, <laughs> you know, your children, because you you're very pretty, and and you're a good seed. But anyway, but make the long story short. Um, you know, there's two women on there. I remember that show and they were mad. Yeah. They didn't like what happened to them. And and um, um, and then one person on there, too, one woman didn't even want to acknowledge her child, even though she had seen that she felt really bad years later. But, you know, I find it quite interesting. And they had multiple children and these women were married and Mm -mm. their husbands and you know trying to explain that to their husband what happened to them that's just got to be devastating
1: yeah and thank you thank you kathy for that compliment very much um but you know the thing is that i want to add even another layer of complexity to this okay you know to, to add to what you just talked about because you know these women for example in the film they were having a hard time conceiving you know for example April in the film, who has a very hard time conceiving. And it isn't until her contact experience that she then becomes pregnant and has the child. She has a child here in this realm, in this dimension. The child is born uh-huh. and the child has these incredible abilities. And this model of the hybridization program is another model of the, of the hybridization program where, where the children that are hybridized are coming to full term. And Mary Rodwell, for example, who studies and research these hybrid children, um, has done incredible studies on interviewing these little children at the age of five, eight years old that remember existing on other dimensional planes in other planets. They remember their their ET lives. I mean, we're talking about past lives. We're breaking the barrier of what we believe is our human life now. And there's millions of these children around the world a lot of children that have been born with extrasensory abilities and we can even start talking about children within the spectrum because a lot of these children that are in the spectrum you know, uh, autism and some of these spectrums are if you would look at their DNA and the kind of abilities that they have they're very much uh, similar to how these hybrids, uh, on these other dimensional planes are genetically modified. So it's very interesting that we, we and this is what helps us understand that even you and I are descendants. We are the descendants of those that were having hybrids previous to us. So the question is, well, where does hybrid, where does um, free will play a role? Right? Because apparently we have been hybridizing um, for the next generation, not just within our timeline, but children that are going to be born maybe seven generations forward, because that's where we come from. We, we, are, we are seven generations forward of those in the past that have agreed to these hybridizations. And the way I see it is that it is the, sus- the sustainability, it is the maintenance of life in this matrix, which is a holographic simulation that we are participating in Mm -hmm. and i I feel that our participation in this matrix is dependent on whether we become conscious of what we're doing here and then leave or continue to reincarnate right back into this which is seemingly quite parasitic in some ways you know all of these activities can be very parasitic
0: Mm -hmm. interesting Quite interesting, as you know, it's like I told you earlier, you know, I um, interview people who on the Phenomena NDE, near-death experiences, <laughs> 15 to 20 years ago, people don't talk about it, it was hush, 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 hush. Now it's more open, people are becoming more relaxed, they're just, they're, you know what I mean, people are coming forward talking about their experiences, and um, not quite yet, it's still touchy yet. But people who listening into it are being more, I mean, they come up to me and, you know, networking meetings or business exchanges, et cetera, et cetera. They're coming, what's the name of your show? I want to listen to it. And they're CEOs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's coming, coming and coming. Even if they listen to privately on one-on-one, it, it, that it's starting to happen. And it's the same thing with this. You know, UFO, abductions, you know, mm-hmm. the pla- the ships that are called, you said they were reproduction ships? Reproduction mm-hmm. like crafts, yeah. yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you told me that earlier. And, uh, you know, it's slowly coming, people are starting to grab onto it. But I think it's a little bit younger generation really grabbing. The older generation like, yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know.
0: But it's the younger generations being more open-minded.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a near-death experience is a wonderful segue to understanding other dimensional levels. I mean, I've had two near-death experiences in the past six years um, that have helped me shatter even another paradigm of my belief system. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it wasn't for these experiences, you really understand how we somehow make agreements, even to exist, even to live and continue this life, living this life. Is somehow an option. We're, we're choosing actively what we're doing here, you know, why we're existing. All the people that have come to live at this time during these really crazy times that we're in right now, where there's major change in the world around us that's going to be taking place in the next 10 years, these are brave souls that have incarnated at this time, you know? Right. And
0: they, so, how, yeah. how do you feel? I mean, like the hyper children are here. You know, some the of these people right. are already here. Exactly. And I think they're here to help us too, with exactly. their knowledge and, and especially with technology and robots coming forward. Um, I think I told you, no, I didn't tell you yet, but I was talking about to somebody earlier today, how um, the um, Uber, Uber came out with a car that drives by itself and they're yeah. already practicing and using it in um, Phoenix, Arizona and uh and it's doing uh-huh. pretty good you know it's taking people to where they need to go but there's no driver it just drives
1: itself oh yeah well we're getting ready for the new or the real space age you know how in the i think it was the 50s or something we had this whole thing about space age but now we're going into the real space age we're going into the future holographic technology artificial intelligence all of that is coming into play now and it's moving very fast
0: and it was uh, like my last guest who was on my show on the Kathy Lee Parker show. He talked about children's books and he was saying the kids that are coming now, they're going to, this is going to be one of the best generations ever. And uh, they're bringing forward. And I said, yeah, it's the technology, the robots They're are going to be, it's not the factories that they had in the fifties. It's more in the sixties. It's more of the heavier technology. More understanding. They're going to be serving at McDonald's, <laughs> you know, robots instead of human beings, but will be doing other stuff to keep them functioning and designing I and mean, being creativity. Yeah, it's the world. All this is changing. I knew that was going to come someday where Uber will do the driving, a car that will drive. I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring that up, but you know.
1: Oh, everywhere! It's everywhere. I mean, Google has. I mean, we have trucks that are also being programmed to be driving. Yeah, know, without- I
0: heard about that. Yeah, they were test that out, and that went from from I think maybe from Phoenix to Boston, and uh, of course, they, the police knew about it and all that stuff. But it was just, you know, they tested it in a big semi and made a big delivery. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So but
1: one thing is that the future is in DNA as well. The future is DNA and that's something that we're going to be seeing a lot more. I mean, our DNA will be utilized as identification in the future. Oh, it will yeah. be telling, us, you know, oh, yeah. all the information about our medical history, you know, medications that we're taking, activities that we do, our, our financial credit scores just like what's occurring in China for the past few years. I mean, all of that is going to be soon enough globalized, you know. So we we do have to be aware of these new technologies that are going to be implemented soon,
0: right? And uh, um, and use it wisely. Exactly, <laughs> very conscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, um, and I know there's different types of aliens. I've heard about that too, and uh, and quite interesting. Just you know it's it's but i was told too i had i interview a gentleman from um japan who's over um a community of ufos and stuff in japan and he mentioned that there's you know quite a few different types of aliens and then some are bad and some are good
1: um yeah so you know this is where we start talking about the mechanics of our Our existence you know in this three-dimensional plane we seem to have certain laws that help us create Mm -hmm. and what it means to create is to bring something to life we can bring something to life that is gonna die soon or that is counter creative or we can bring something that's very creative that's gonna thrive and in this dualistic expression we also see all things all beings have these two sides to them So in that same way, what we're experiencing with these beings, it's not certain species. I think it's different ranges of frequencies that these species manifest. And so, you know, there's Draconians, which are quite old, very, very one of the oldest species from which many of these different bloodlines descend from. But these Draconians that come down from the Anunnaki's and archonic consciousness, they are more counter creative they are they are inherently designed for counter creation so they they tend to be more parasitic and when you start to see their descendants enter the reptilians and all of these this plethora of of et species that exist um, all of them play different roles and i think it all has to do in their own evolution they also are going through some kind of ascension or evolutionary process of some kind just like we humans are Mm -hmm. so it's not too simple to just generalize and say this species is all bad because a lot of these councils which make up groups of genetic information that manage certain family lineages on earth um, are a combination of many different kinds so for example somebody can have a pleiadian reptilian you know they can even have a draconian and it just it just tells you the the kind of background and the connections that this person has genetically it's it's in the cocktail of their dna yeah. so it, it's not it's not so simple and remember that our perception is very limited
0: oh, yes. we yeah, you,
1: I know that. Mm-hmm. you know we, we sometimes think oh this is bad but On the bigger picture we really don't know how that's going to affect the the bigger role of things i think that's why our priority has to be in becoming conscious and sovereign over ourselves the only way we're going to do that is becoming aware of ourselves if we become aware of ourselves during waking state begin to train lucidity in dream state and anytime we astral project this is the only time that we can start to kind of navigate and control In order to practice for death eventually, because death is the next step after that. So, we should be able to become so conscious that we navigate and we are co creating our reality rather than just uh, surviving through mechanical, cyclical trauma, which is embedded in our genetic code through ancestral trauma, our family lineages, and then all of their activity that they've done in interdimensionality as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, it's a journey, it's a journey of learning. We're here to learn through experience.
0: Interesting. That's yeah, so true. That's so true. And uh, tell me, have you had anything happen in the past year with any, you know, any of your, you know, abduction friends, I should say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, have I they have. Have come to My visit you?
1: Several... <laughs> yeah. Um, I have had uh, several experiences over the past year, including a near death experience, actually, um, precisely on the anniversary. Three four years later after the exact to the day to the hour of the previous near-death experience And that just happened about a couple months ago Um, But you know all of these experiences are on a kind of a different level because because I I train myself to try to be as Conscious as possible in these states Uh Uh, it's more about consent now and consciously agreeing to participate in things or not and the way I have looked at things is that essentially we're just meeting future fragments of ourselves. So the more aware we become, we can choose to maybe do something more productive with these future fragments of ourselves. So I've had experiences of um, wanting to again participate in the insemin in the, you know the hybridization program through an insemination mm-hmm. um, and now i can actively work with these contracts and consciously say yes or no
0: and when i say no
1: they just dissolve and then i don't have to interact with them anymore so this is something that i teach in my group um you know i'm founder of hybridmother.com and i have monthly support groups and for people that are feeling very helpless in these kinds of experiences you know we just have to learn how to navigate them Mm-hmm. And end these agreements because they they happen generationally. So I my was gonna mother... ask
0: you about that. Did your mother have any experiences or grandmother, grandfather? Yes.
1: yes, mother, father, uh many of my aunts which actually were with me on board the craft in 2013 and they remember it consciously and we didn't talk about it till after the film came out. Um, because again, we, we, you know, it was just not talked about. You know, it's just not something that we discussed. And when I came public, that's when we started having these conversations. So many of my family members have had contact experience, um, and it's generational. Again, so I see this in my clients. They're having it, their children sometimes are having it, and it can be very overwhelming. It can feel very, very overwhelming and helpless until you understand how to navigate them.
0: Mm-hmm. Quite interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had, it, you know, generations. And I find that too, with um the phenomena N D E DE, near-death experiences, it comes from generations too. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, it, yeah, there's mothers or father, you know, but sometimes they don't talk about it. They was hush-hush mm-hmm. until they bring it forward and then they'll say, I had something like that too. And so... It's quite interesting. Wow.
1: That is interesting. I'll have to ask around my family about that to see. I, I haven't, I haven't looked into that. Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, make the long story short. Yeah. Your story, I, I'm bringing it forward on the Phenomenon DE. I'm just tapping into those who've been adopted because I know they need to talk and to talk and to get it out also helps in healing and, um, and to move forward. And, and it feels good to say, hey, I, I let others know. I you know, want to let other people know that, hey, this, this happened to me, it's real, it's real. And, um, and there's men too, who've had things happen to them. They might've not been in reproduction, but had other things happen to them. And um, yeah, they'd be cloned. There was a guy that was on that show with you you know, seeding, he was talking about being cloned. And uh, I thought, ooh, that's scary. So I know they're not doing just to see, you know, reproduction, mm-hmm. but they're doing other things as
1: well. Right, right. And those programs are mostly um, led by the government, by the way. And then after that, probably led by draconian or reptilian groups, mostly draconian groups. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's very interesting. There seems to be some kind of hierarchy. Um, within these species, within these beings, but again, I tend to look at it more like frequency, the kind of frequency they hold that will dictate the kind of agenda and interest, whether they're parasitic or not. that's that's kind of how I look at it. Um, but yeah it's it's interesting these these cloning programs are existing in order to create. Um, a lot of warlike like scenarios. And this is where you start going into the area of my labs, military abductions, and uh, MKUltra programs. These programs where people that are highly psychic are taken out of society and programmed and trained in order to carry out secret space programs. And these covert programs like you know, like the Manchurian candidate, things like that, you know, th- those are all very real things that many of these contactees are also participating in. And I also have participated in as a child, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a, it's a complex thing. It's not just one told, thing or the other.
0: I was mm-hmm. told to be careful mm-hmm. talking yeah. about this. I was told cause someone told me, wow, you're being brave, but you know, I'm mixing it in with the phenomena and DE. So You know, I I have a few abduction stories and things, but mainly Beyond Phenomena NDE. I'm just, you know, teasing it in, but yet educating them to, hey, there is something going on out there. Open your eyes. Be aware, you know, and um, of course now with filming and everything, people are spotting more UFO, they're seeing them. And then now it's going to be the abduction too. People are going to come forward
1: and um
0: but i find it fascinating when somebody says i've been gone for an hour or two hours mm-hmm. and i'm like i i just came out of the bathroom i just i just did this this next you know and it's you know three o'clock where was i i don't remember
1: yeah I mean, the, the common thing that all of these topics have in common is that we're navigating another dimensional plane. You're right. not in this dimension, whether you're in death, you're leaving the body into the death, you know, out right. of the body, uh-huh. or whether you're in dream time, whether you're being abducted. Missing time. All of these are slips into another dimension through portal ways. You know, so it really, it there's a definite common uh, theme here, which helps us understand how multidimensional humans actually are. So, again, the best way to become conscious and to navigate, we, we should learn how to master navigation in these out-of-body experiences is by first mastering the navigation in your physical body. You know, And that means total awareness from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep and, and then train that into dream state.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on yeah. my show. It was really nice to talk to you. And to, I would like to bring you back again because I know there's so much more to this topic to talk about and uh, and to make it more enticing and also to talk about your near-death experience.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting story. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Thank you so much, Kathy, for having me and again for being brave and courageous and bringing these topics.
0: You're welcome and thank you so much again and you have a wonderful evening enjoy your your um your day tomorrow and uh i look forward to interviewing again and it'll probably be this fall okay thank you so much thank you you're welcome bye-bye bye-bye